0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to a late night edition of the Bear Necessities podcast. Um, I know both Reese and I are very upset with the outcome of the Vikings game, but uh, hey, what can you do? Reese, uh, besides the Bears absolutely breaking our hearts, how are you feeling tonight? I'm doing all right. I mean, it's not even
1: that I didn't even expect the Bears to really come out and win this game. If you would have told me that, hey, you know, the Bears lost this game because... Their completely inexperienced defensive backfield, you know, gave up, you know, three irresponsible touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I would be okay with it. It's the fact that they really were only responsible for one touchdown, their second one, um, and, and relatively the defense did a great job the rest of the game. Um, the defensive line, especially up front, Roquan Smith was doing great. It looked like the front seven made it their mission to just absolutely continue Delvin cook, not being able to do anything against the Bears' defense. It's just remarkable how easily they shut him down. Um, but outside of that, then you, you flip it onto the other side of the ball. And that's when things get to to things you don't really want to talk about as far as just the, the typical, um, you know, a lot of what we've been saying for so long with this team, being able to drive it 80 yards and, you know, well, not even 80 yards, the 60 between the 20s. They do a great job, but uh, that's about where it finishes up.
0: Yeah, and I think that was the most frustrating part about today's game is like, okay, let let me get this out here. The refs screwed us. Like, let's just, let's get it right. The refs did screw us. That teased Tabor penalty. That was the worst one, yeah. I I don't think I'm being hyperbolic that that's probably the worst penalty I've seen all year. Like was, out of any team, that was rough. like that, <laughs> I don't I don't know how you, I don't know what else he was supposed to do. Like that's exactly what you want. You want and as far as a player safety thing goes, like you don't want T's Tabor to target uh, Delvin Cook's head. <laughs> you know you want him to go. You want him to go low on the running back. He was trying to stiff through the uh, offensive lineman, and uh, he ended up making the tackle too, which is the most ridiculous part of it. Um, regardless. Uh, that that really screwed us, and that put seven points on uh, for the Vikings. Um, obviously, we had a couple uh, personal fouls. Uh, some were a little bit debatable, but for the most part, those were fine. Um, and then the the big thing is like that that blown that blown uh, punt retur- return where we just completely where Bird completely muffed the punt, and that uh, <laughs> yeah. that hurt us too. It only put up three points on the board, but. You have to wonder how differently the game could go because following that point, we'd made four trips to the red zone and uh, we went for a fourth down on all of them. We ended up scoring on that very, very last one, um, which quote unquote would have tied the game. Obviously, things would have went differently because the Vikings wouldn't have been playing the way they were playing. But like if we would have went for field goals on those, we we would have been in a winning position. Um I think Matt Nagy made it his goal in this game to stick it to all the people saying that he has been not aggressive this season and showing us the reason why we don't go for it on fourth down in the red zone.
1: Yeah, I, I guess so. And I, I think really it's just the red zone issues, which obviously, yeah, they could have scored so many more points and that's super frustrating. But it's just there's a root of a couple problems that really start to you know, develop in the red zone. And that's, you know... A1 is just the types of plays that they're selecting down in that area of the field. It's just And usually it's kind of out of cadence, too. It's not really what you'd want. It's the predictable first and 10 run that gets stuffed every time. And then they try to recover. And it just never quite works out. And another thing, too, and I think it's quite indicting on Matt Nagy, is, you know, when we get down to that part of the field, it needs to be coached into Justin Fields' head that, Like you don't take sacks, (laughs) you -hmm. know, especially I mean, the one on the screen pass was was terrible, but it shows itself in other parts of the field, too. And it's just, hey, like eventually at some point you got to cut your losses, throw the ball away. Um, A couple instances where we took sacks that are far too large and got us into second and long situations where this team just defaults settings into running the ball on second and 17 plus, which is just remarkable honestly <laughs> and they never yeah. get anything out of it
0: seriously it's the most predictable play uh out of matt Nagy's playbook because if it's second and long you can almost bet that there's going to be a run and that is the worst statistical play in all of football it is literally the worst statistical play in all of football i don't know if the coaching staff thinks that they're trying to be like slick with it, and they're like, "Oh, they won't expect this one," it's like, no, it's literally all over your 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 film. Like, if you spend even <laughs> a second watching the Chicago Bears this year, you know that they run it very, very frequently on second and long. Um, even though, like, and I just I don't understand the resistance from this coaching staff to call RPO. Like, to especially in the red zone with young quarterback, man. It's like if you look at the Packers, the Packers run so many little play action or um, like little boot, boots for Rodgers, for Aaron Rodgers. They call this play probably, especially in the red zone, at least five or six times a game. We didn't see a single one of these, and this gets back to why the red zone issues are so bad. Not only do they have the most predictable run call, which is just right down the middle with David Montgomery, they don't even try to do the cute stuff where they have uh, you know Damir Bird in the in the back and they do a little fake handoff or anything like that. They don't do that. They do it either run it straight up the gut, or they're gonna run, or they're gonna play, do it out of empty, rather than just having it be you know either twenty one personnel or, or whatever it may be. And actually, trying to get a little bit of a boot action off of it, condense the field for fields to read. If he doesn't have an option there, just let him run it. Get a cute few extra yards. He's got. He's quick enough that they're going to try to respect him, and they're not going to over pursue him. And for that reason, they he's almost guaranteed to get like at least three or four yards on every one of those plays. It, they respect Aaron Rodgers enough to to not even rush rush him hard.
1: Yeah. Well, the thing is, is they're doing the wrong kind of zone running scheme in that situation. You know, if you're going to bring in to play a zone running scheme, then make it a zone read. And, and at that point, make it into mm-hmm. an RPO if, if you yes. so feel to to compelled to do zone running. But they don't even ever try to do on those conventional running plays where it's just a handoff to Montgomery and it's a zone running play down on the goal line. They set themselves up for failure because they allow teams to just stay honest in their In their assignments, you know, the Mm. defensive or the nose can stay in the in the a gap and and they're all able to just play their assignment. Whereas if you do something, it doesn't have to be that cute. But, you know, you bring a guard over on a trap block or something like that and try to develop a hole instead of, you know, relying on Montgomery to eventually find one. I think they'd have a, a hell of a lot more success. But it's just not the logical train of thinking that you'd expect to see from a coaching staff at this level. Where it just seems obviously, if you're going to try that kind of play, at least do it right and something that caters actually into a strength, which there isn't too many that this offense has. <laughs> so yeah, very yeah. puzzling.
0: And like when when they do call a passing play, it's just such so like the the, the play call is always so confusing. Like let, let me let me first make this clear: the Bears should have had a couple more touchdowns. I mean, the the Mirror birds uh drop for a first down in the red zone that on a fourth and down play That i mean that was brutal you can't do anything better than that justin fields was under intense pressure he gets the ball in the perfect spot he has to come down with that okay that would extend a play and then you look at jimmy graham sure patrick pearson got his hand on it a little bit but he should have came down with that ball one-on-one that's why he's paid to be here like that is his literal one function in the nfl pretty much right now is, is to do that and he can't come down with it and then darnell mooney that that could have been a touchdown um it was it was hard to see and i understand the refs like leaning with the play on the field like i think you could make a good point that that was a touchdown but darnell mooney you have to get your feet down but also the play call in both graham's drop and darnell Moon and darnell mooney and cole Komet's, like i guess he didn't have a drop there justin kept it a little too far inside patrick peterson was able to get a hand on it um all those are just terrible route combinations to have in the red zone. Yeah. Like, why are you putting Justin Fields in a position where he has to throw across the grain to the outside receiver at the hash mark? To the like, that is just an impossible throw for. Most quarterbacks, like even Aaron Rodgers is gonna miss those fifty, maybe even 60 65 percent of the time. And Justin Fields didn't even really miss it, but you're also putting your receiver in a bad position where it's like, okay, he has to be like looking over his shoulder all the way back across the grain on the field. He has to focus on not only catching the ball, but also getting his hands down. Young receiver too. Terrible, terrible route combination there. Um, and then also both both Jimmy Graham and Cole Komet's routes were just hitch routes. Literally hit routes. Favorite. I I I, it's so dumb.
1: It's seriously. It makes no sense. It to me. It almost. It seems so puzzling. The pass plays that they run, like in goal to go situations. It seems like they're almost the same kind of pass plays you want to run for like a ten to fifteen yard gain. They always seem so. Mm -hmm. They seem to take so long to develop. Like mm-hmm. in the red zone for the Bears, it's it's crazy. And it's just it makes you think: where's the drag route? Where's the tight end cross? There are none. Where's There's... where's the quick slant? You know, when when you're in man coverage, where's the man beaters? I mean, every other damn team's doing it. Where's the pick route? You want to get something or, really or, easy yeah. for? Where's for Where's the
0: wide receiver bunch? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's clear as day. Like literally, even some of the worst offensive coordinators in the NFL know how to do this stuff. It doesn't make any sense. It's either we're spread out wide or we're in a heavy set. Those are the two options. That's That's all Matt Nagy's playbook is. It is so weird. And the other thing is like when we're in the situations where the offense needs to make the plays, the offense has been making the plays this year. And we saw both in this game. Justin Fields, man, he is so, so good at pushing the ball down the center of the field. I have no clue why we don't run that run that play that we push the ball down the center of the field with both Komet in this game and then Graham in the uh, Monday night game against the Steelers. Where I'm sure you remember it was it wasn't this last um, it wasn't the last play it was the drive that stalled out before that yeah. where Justin just like lays it right over the top gives his tight end enough room to just go up and grab it like I mean that it's those are like those are. In Justin Fields' DNA, that's what he's good at. Allow him to do that. Where are the intermediate crossing routes through the inside? Oh yeah. ne- I don't Nowhere. think... How many times have you seen that play this year?
1: Like, never. Hardly ever. And almost every other team in the league is running that kind of play, um, especially when they have bigger tight ends. It, it's even, like, player personnel choice at times that, that's really questionable, too. I, I just I don't even really quite know where to start. You know, I, I, I'm mm-hmm. trying to think of a couple of specific instances, but there's times where I was just like Thomas don't... Graham. Yeah. I mean, even just on a whole team level in like, you know, your formations out there. sometimes like Mooney and it's like Graham and Comet, And it's like not really the three that i choose. Like, I understand how short mm-hmm. we are on some of these players, and Demir Blair couldn't catch or receive a punt at all today, so it was kind of useless having him out there. Um, so mm-hmm. can't put too much into that, but it, it was just such an odd game. I mean, I don't know if it it, it seems so typical, but at times it was just like yeah, they had so many things that are served up on a silver platter. They had the pick. They had that blocked punt. They started in
0: positive territory like, mm-hmm. uh, multiple times in this game. And, and they had a dominant finish in the, like going that final half was pure dominance out of this defense and uh, and getting it to the red zone. Truthfully, yeah. the offense could have scored 25 to 30 points this quarter, uh, this half. I mean, sorry, yeah. if uh, they would if they would have been able to be at least somewhat competent. And where was I know it was a garbage time
1: touchdown, but they had a, a play for Jesper Horst and he ended up getting open. Where was he all game? He had that one <laughs> touchdown, and that he, this man's shown up for two touchdowns, and you didn't even—you wouldn't have think and that he he's even plays. on the active roster in both games that he scored a touchdown in, because he just and appe- think about it—he appears and, and then scores and vanishes. <laughs> and what is he doing on those touchdowns? Well, he's coming back to the quarterback.
0: Well, he—he's coming back to the quarterback, just boxing out the same damn play that Cole Komet drops every single week. He's dropped in end zone touchdown where he was just all he had to do is box out and, and go and grab the ball every single week and we also saw Jimmy Graham do it this week as well. Yeah. Like w- the situational play calling is terrible, quite frankly. And like even when you see like in the in the red zone where it's like where the announcers are like, "Oh, the Bears have all tight ends now, not a single wide receiver." I'm like, "That's not a good thing." <laughs> that is not a good thing. That is a clear tell. And every single time an announcer has mentioned that, In in a game, the next play is always a terrible play. (laughs) Same with like, truthfully, the wildcat. Like I've been thinking, and I think you and me and you have been thinking the same thing that they're like trying to build something off of that. They're like, okay, in a in a time where they need it the most, they're going to definitely have Justin Fields tuck it, or or it's going to be like a little lateral play out of that, or or whatever. Like like Fields is going to get the ball, and it's like, okay, we're. We're what are we four in ten now? It's like when is this play gonna come? It's the I think longest we building drum ago.
1: roll ever. Like it's just never <laughs> ending.
0: Like <laughs> you know, seriously,
1: they're gonna do, they're gonna have a nice trick play. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> the actual jet sweep with Jakeem Grant is coming.
0: Yeah. No, it's still. Oh, it's still David back Montgomery <laughs> for one yard. <laughs> seriously. seriously, and I think I even mentioned to you in this game, like if Montgomery handed that off to Grant on the side, uh, on the one play, I don't know. I can't remember how many plays they ran the Wildcat for, but one Wildcat play, if David Montgomery even had even like a little bit of like RPO IQ, man, that that ball would have been to the house with Jakeem Grant because <laughs> he, he had a one on one on the outside to yeah. beat. And I'm, I think I'm going to trust Jakeem Grant, who's one of the fastest guys in the NFL and a punt returner than David Montgomery going up against the Ten guys that are lined up in the center of the <laughs> in the center of the line like seriously man it's just it it's almost laughable at this point and justin fields i gotta be honest man i think justin fields had a pretty good game i he missed that one pass to montgomery in the end but or sorry not montgomery mooney in the end but I've also noticed a pretty consistent issue for Mooney is that he's looking for the ball before he's supposed to be looking for it and he slows down. So I don't know if that was necessarily on fields. I, I mean, it was like right at the tip of Mooney's hands. It kind of makes me think that maybe Mooney was a little shallow on that route. And we saw a similar thing with David Montgomery where he came, he went a little too deep. And this is an issue the Bears have had since Nagy has been here. Because even Trubisky, there Trubisky was bad and he was inaccurate, but there were so many route depth issues by our wide receivers. And you could just tell Trubisky was never on the same page with the wide receivers. And that's at the end of the day, like Matt Nagy's coaching career will come down to this and why he will never be a good head coach in the NFL. Outside of the whole, you know, personnel decisions, you know, play calling, whatever it is, he isn't as much as he likes to say he is, he is not a detail oriented coach. The there has been so much sloppiness from all the players. Comet can't catch a damn pass. I know statistically, he had a pretty good night tonight. He made a lot of money off of like kind of meaningless dump offs from fields, which you know, I'm happy Fields is still doing that. But like, he's also dropping passes week after week. Komet <laughs> honestly could have had 700 yards this year. Like, he probably... He damn near drops as many passes as he catches. <laughs> Seriously. Like, he he's had a good season statistically, but he has bricks for hands right now. And Matt Nagy can't teach that out to anybody. And I don't even blame it on the players. What's more likely? That... Matt Nagy is not that good at coaching the details or assembling a staff that can coach the details, or every single player that Matt Nagy drafts is just incapable of running routes correctly. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And I think it's the details and what you also are kind of hitting on, too, that, you know, I think we always, you know, nail on Nagy for the design and the concept. And when he does call plays, the play calling is bad. It's always been the execution with this team, too. Mm -hmm. A good coach gets his team to execute you know, mint, it doesn't matter. There's sometimes you watch some football games and you realize that play was so well coached. It didn't really matter what the defense did there. The offense executed, Mm -hmm. be it a a simple run play in like a pro, a pro set, just single back with two tight ends and two wide receivers. Or if it's a fancy play out in the gun with four wide receivers and a running back in the backfield, something like that it doesn't matter if it's if it's coached well and it's executed well the defense can only do so much to stop it but what the bears do the bears execute so poorly that they stop themselves on just so many instances the defense doesn't have to do anything in the first place
0: mm-hmm. and it's also the scheme that's like really the other key point and uh, i gotta be honest man i think that um i i truthfully think this was matt Nagy's last game like I think we're gonna. I think this was his last game. Uh, the the Bears are gonna have an opportunity. It's either gonna be this one or the next one. The Bears, if they either signal to their coach that he's gonna be fired, or they actually fire him before the season, um, you're able to start interviewing coaches within the last two weeks of the season, and the Bears absolutely need to take advantage of that. And uh, I just I, I think that. I think that I saw one thing that I saw today is I saw Ryan Pace stay the entire game. um, And I think he kind of knew what he had to do. You know, he was drinking
1: a lot of water from that water bottle, um, to say the very least. And I will say this. It's a shame that, you know, Nagy can't go four and 12 this year, because think about how aesthetically pleasing it would be that he went 12 and four, eight and eight, Mm. eight and eight and then four and 12. He, oh, yeah. he would have done a, full, have nice. have done a
0: full, full
1: reversal from where he started. Seriously. But, you know, I think that, you know, pace, there's a couple good. The Monday Night Football camera work came in pretty clutch. You know, we got to see Zimmerman, you know, shoot a, a loogie out of his nose at one point, I think at about 5.45 left in the fourth. Um, and then also a lot of clips of, of Ryan Pace pounding down some water and doing some hard thinking. So, well, yeah, we'll see what comes of it. We'll see what comes of it. It, I would not be surprised if this was his last, if this is Nagy's last game, um, or at the very least, like you said, that he kind of gets that intent for the Bears to move on and so they can start moving into the interviewing process. But, man, yeah, it was a disappointing enough game, I think, for sure.
0: Absolutely, and it stinks because Nagy is a nice guy and he looks very passionate, um, truthfully, about what he does and everything but man this offense it's just it it's very poorly coached and another just spotlight that kind of has loomed on Matt Nagy throughout his entire coaching tenure is how none of his wide receivers can block that's why none of these little little uh little screen passes ever work is because we have no one that can block (laughs) um and that's a that's a coaching thing man like that that's absolutely a coaching thing Um, it's actually more of a surprise when a wide receiver can block for us than uh, when he, when he can. And it's, it's not a hard thing. I mean, look at Kyle Shanahan's offenses. I mean, he, he takes damn near anyone from the, from the uh, practice squad or whatever it may be, and he's able to make them block. And that's a huge staple of Shanahan's offenses. It's not something that's complex. It's like, even though the overall scheme is bad, the team could be a lot better uh, just if execution and the details are there and, and not only those are there. But let's, you know, listen, this 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 loss was bad. Um, I think Fields did fairly decent. Uh, I don't know about you, but let, let, let's talk a minute about the bright sides. Um, man, Robert Quinn, 16 sacks on the season now. How ridiculous. I mean, he. I think he's... I think Richard Dent has uh, the record right now at 17 yeah. sacks, right?
1: That, that is correct. Yeah, Richard Dent is the is the holder of it. Robert Quinn looked very good. I, that was an impressive sack today. I, I, the past couple of weeks, he's gotten some sacks that are basically just touching the quarterback on the ground. Um, but today, mm-hmm. that was a, a real nice move to get around the outside there. And uh, I'm sure you're going to hit on more of it. But just from the defense in general, um, a lot of players that I would want to give shout-outs to. But I'll let you continue on.
0: Well, Akeem Hicks, man, what a what a comeback game. I, I feel like he That was a nice sack that he had too, just pummeled Cousins. Dude, he had <laughs> I think he had two sacks and he could have had way more than that, man. Like he was breathing down Cousins' neck, and I think we forget how good he is because he's been so injured over the past couple of years. Um it's going to be really interesting to see. I, I honestly kind of do want the Bears to resign him this offseason, and I he wants to stay with the Bears, but I think they are going to be planning on getting younger. But I just I wouldn't understand it because outside of being such a dominant player on the inside, even given his age, which he's not even that old. I mean, look how old Ndamukong Sue is and Calais Campbell, who play the, pretty much the exact same position he plays at, at, on defensive line, and they're still tearing it up in the NFL. I think Akeem Hicks is more like the injury issue. I don't know. Maybe you can get him on a cheap contract, but he's also just on top of that, just an amazing person, you know, like really a true leader in the locker room and uh, someone, if he, he's like, oh, I'm going to be really, I'm going to really miss him, truthfully.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's always had a presence. I think that, you know, it, I think that's what makes it so tough too. Not only is the person that he is, but the performance that you can see when he's really on top of his game. But it is also tough to have him out, you know, most of the most of the year. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it it was good performance, I thought. Angelo Blackson also played with a good edge tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, was was very aggressive, and you know, I like the way that he played. And of course, uh, Thomas Graham as well. I think that he really kind oh, of man. burst onto the scene. Um, had a couple really nice pass breakups. Um they and got in the way and they're definitely trying to pick on him at the beginning of the game and he stood his ground and eventually you weren't hearing his name getting called and that's because they weren't really throwing his way that much. So I think that's a, mm. a pretty impressive uh mark to make on your on your debut and definitely excited to see what he can what he can do in kind of a little bit more of a normal capacity for him.
0: Kirk Cousins had like eighty seven yards or something like that yeah, throughout the entire it. game, which is which is crazy. And the two touchdowns he had weren't really like that glamorous of touchdowns either. Thomas Graham man, I I loved seeing Thomas Graham out there. Um I don't know how he hasn't been on the roster right now. He looks miles better than Vildor. Um, but even in the slot position, man, I like we had such a need at that slot position and, um, it seemed like our I do not I don't, I don't know who really to put that on. Is that a, is that a Matt Nagy issue or is that a Sean Desai issue of, of kind of having that, that questionability? I, I'm going to place it more on Desai. Um, even yeah. though Desai did have a great game, but um, man Thomas Graham has to play I think
1: deciding games besides a couple situational instances has been pretty good I-, I thought even one of the things that they brought up on the Monday night football broadcast and sometimes you have to take it with a grain of salt but they brought up the point where he's like well I didn't even know where to start with the strengths of these guys and it's like eh, that yeah. doesn't rub off on me quite well I mean you know I understand that they're not people he's working with very consistently um, and you know they're down on the practice squad. Sometimes he's just seeing them on like scout teams, stuff like that. But it definitely helps to have a little bit better idea of what your players' strengths are if you're playing with them. But, you know, what he did uh, tonight was, worked out very well and keeping him to 17 points. And really, the defense was not an issue in this game at all,
0: which is so surprising. And that's why I ultimately think we're going to end up seeing Matt Nagy fired. Um, I don't think we'll see it now, but I, I, I think that potentially tomorrow we might see it. Um, maybe not. I mean, we technically do have another week before we need to take advantage of the whole, uh, the coaching cycle. But, um, I just, I feel like now more than ever is the time to do it because even despite all the adversity, the defense faced, they, man, they played a game. Roquan Smith played crazy. Akeem Hicks played crazy. Robert Quinn played crazy. Some of our, even teased Tabor on that play that he got called for a penalty. I mean, that was a great play by him. Yep um Thomas Graham like all these guys stepped up and uh just just nothing I mean just flatlined and even Justin Fields was playing well and it just was was not and David Montgomery was averaging like seven yards per per carry throughout like the majority of the game and it's like none of that is good enough for Matt Nagy that it's just it's that it's just it's laughable at this point but um any any last comments man I'm just disappointed at this point
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of just like something's always got to go wrong and and nothing's just clicking at the right moment. You know, on the drives where Fields has, you know, bright moments, they don't pair it with Montgomery having nice runs. It's just all kind of unravels in some sort of way. But that's been the story for this season, and I think that, you know, us Bears fans have gotten used to it pretty quickly. These losses don't really sting that much anymore as much as just kind of shocking to see how it unfolds and all goes wrong but yeah other than that you know looking ahead to next week and looking ahead to to next year at this point you know double digit losses doesn't sit well and the bears already hit it with three games to go so there you go
0: Oh, we can still finish with seven wins, I suppose. Ooh. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah, know. Very tantalizing. All right, guys. Well, um, thank you so much. I'm sure we'll have a, another episode up this week sooner rather than later. Uh, we hope you enjoy these uh, post-game podcasts. We're definitely going to try to standardize this a little more. Um, and uh, bear down, man.
1: Bear down.